Hi, everybody. Welcome to Stories from the East and West, Season 2. I'm Nitan. And I'm Adam. We're starting off the new season with a piece produced in collaboration with Only a Game. They're a show from WBUR in Boston, and they're great. Go and check them out wherever you get your podcasts. And since Only a Game's focus is sport, today's episode is, of course, also about sport. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Here we go. Zlín, Praha, Varsava, Madrid, London, Paris, New York, Casablanca. Where you see a kind of totality of the human presence. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is exactly Stories from the Eastern West. Have you heard of the famous Black Power salute at the 1968 Olympics? On the podium, two athletes, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, raised their black love fists in the air. They kept them raised throughout the national anthem. It was to protest against the discrimination of African Americans. I view it as a cry for hope. And uh, it was a cry for freedom for me. And it was a victory stand. We Everybody knew it was a victory stand because it was uh, uh, on a podium. But it was my victory and I stood for that victory, not only in the 200 meter race, but also in the eyes of society on a world issue. Both athletes were expelled from the Olympics and ostracized by the sporting establishment and the media. Today, their protest stands out as one of the greatest moments in Olympics history, an act of great bravery and the most notorious example of using sporting achievement for a greater cause. In the former Soviet bloc, there was a similar, maybe even stronger instance of politics suddenly colliding with the world of sport. Yes, and as was typical in Eastern Europe behind the Iron Curtain, it wasn't as overt as the Tommy Smith and John Carlos protest. Let's turn back the clock and go back to Moscow, 1980. A little bit of background first. This story is about Poland, and Poland was never a part of the Soviet Union per se, but was well within the area of Soviet influence and control. At the beginning of the 1980s, Poland's economy was in decline. The country couldn't pay its foreign debts, and its relationship with the USSR was strained, and would only get worse. Meanwhile, the 1980s Summer Olympics were to take place in Moscow, but more than 50 countries had boycotted the Games, including the US, Canada, China and Japan. What was supposed to be a showcase for the Soviet bloc turned into a somber, grotesque spectacle. Athletes who had taken part in the previous Summer Games in Montreal couldn't help but compare them. Montreal was such a beautiful event, but here I couldn't believe the Olympics could be such a nightmare. That was Władysław Kozakiewicz, the legendary Polish pole vaulter who dominated the event between 1974 and 1982. We arrived at the village. I looked around and, well, it was surrounded by barbed wire. It wasn't like that in Montreal, but I thought, times change, terrorism and things like that. Security standards were much higher all over the world. Kozakiewicz says an armed soldier even stopped him from visiting a friend who was staying in the building next door. 
mieszkają sportowcy. Co mają tam żołnierze? The Olympic Village is for athletes. What were soldiers doing there? Who were they defending us from? Seeing how the village was guarded like an airport and they kept checking everybody all the time. Absolutely everything was subject to an absurd level of control. There was a disco club and you could go in and party, but you know, only until 10 p.m. and then they shut it down. 10 o'clock on the dot. One time we wanted to keep going and they just turned the lights off. So somebody got a radio bomb box, one that ran on batteries and the party got going again. But then the soldiers just came in and took our radio away. So the overall atmosphere of the Moscow Olympics was pretty stressful. And for Kozakiewicz, there was a lot at stake. He'd broken his foot at the Montreal Games and failed to medal. Even though he'd won many major events over the previous four years, the fans at home were eager for him to bring back some Olympic hardware. But the Soviets weren't going to make it easy. I was incredibly stressed out. We knew that they were obviously cheating, that they were doing everything to make sure the Russians won. Kozakiewicz saw a Soviet long jumper awarded a fourth attempt, even though he'd fouled three times and should have been eliminated. And he says in shot put and the discus, the judges were cheating too, rounding up the measurements just for the Soviet athletes. By the morning of the final, Kozakiewicz was a mess. I was so stressed I could barely talk. I hadn't slept, so in the morning I was like, okay, I'm done with this, sleepless nights are too much. But that feeling only lasted until I entered the stadium. The moment I saw the packed crowds, it all just left. I was home. Finally, this was my place. The runway, the poles, the bar. Oh yeah, I wasn't even interested in how others were jumping. I had my plan, I didn't even take a warm-up jump. I put my poles away and just waited to see what would happen. When a pole vaulter is preparing for an attempt, the crowd is often silent. Sometimes, the athlete will encourage them to start clapping in rhythm. Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow is nothing like this. Throughout the competition, the Russian fans in the stadium were whistling at us and jeering. They booed every non-Soviet athlete and cheered only when a Soviet was up. They did everything they could to get under our skin. And, as they'd done before, the Soviet authorities made sure the audience was made up of the right sort of people. Imagine, easily 70,000 people. The stadium really was packed to the very last place, but in part it was because they were shipping people into the stadium, like from jail, prisons. Like there was a whole section full of prisoners from some Moscow penitentiary. But I was so tough back then, all I wanted was to confront the Russians. But despite the deafening boos and jeers, Kozakiewicz jumped into the lead. I cleared 565 on my first attempt. That's more than 18 and a half feet. 
ci zaczynają strącać moi przeciwnicy. One by one, my rivals started getting knocked out. The best four only cleared 565 on their third attempt. Seeing as I cleared it on my first, I'm leading the competition and feeling pretty confident. Kozikiewicz had the lead, but his rival, Konstantin Volkov, had the support of the Moscow crowd. My anger was mounting as the competition went on. With only four pole vaulters remaining in the competition, Kozakiewicz took his turn and cleared the bar at 570 on his first attempt. As soon as I cleared that bar at 570, that was a gold medal. Volkov had almost no chance to match that mark. Kozakiewicz knew it, and as he stood up from the landing mattress, he did something completely unexpected. I told them, I mean, I showed them the arm. You know what I mean. Put it in their Soviet face. Showed my anger for all their wisdom. The obscene gesture Kozakiewicz performed is sometimes called the Italian salute, the bras d'honneur, the Iberian slap, or simply the arm. These Olympic Games were supposed to represent friendship, a partnership among the communist nations. And Poland? Poland was supposed to be this quiet little nation that ought to be grateful to the USSR for being allowed to be part of the glorious Soviet bloc. And this guy stood up in the USSR's capital and showed a, let's call it a regional middle finger, to 50,000 of its citizens. It didn't look good. Luckily for him, this was the 1980s. There were no jumbotrons in Luzhniki Stadium. Much of the crowd didn't even see Kozakiewicz's gesture. The competition went on. Kozakiewicz's rivals failed to clear the 570 bar. From then on, there was only him and the world record. He asked for the bar to be set at 578 meters, just shy of 19 feet. My first failed attempt was accompanied by huge cheers and boos from the crowd. Then. I took the second jump, again with them all whistling, trying to put me off, and well, I broke the world record. When I landed on the mattress, I stood up and just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do because I already done everything possible. So, after lying on the landing mattress for several seconds, Kozikiewicz stood up and... Did it again. Nobody in the stadium seemed to notice. The event was over and Kozakiewicz returned to his apartment in the barbed wire Olympic Village. Later, I started realizing that I was probably the only person in the world ever who was being booed at while trying to break a world record. Did he realize what he'd done though? No, that's the thing. I did it because they totally deserved it. It just came completely natural to me. Kozakiewicz didn't intend to make any sort of political statement. Of course, the political context was there. Poles were often targets of Soviet propaganda for their political disobedience, and almost everybody in Poland was fed up with the whole Soviet bloc Warsaw Pact situation. But Kozakiewicz, he wasn't thinking about any of that. He simply very emotionally reacted to how the audience had been treating him. Reality, however, soon made him realize what he had done. Dopiero 
Następnego dnia, dopiero następnego dnia, jak The very next day, the head of the Polish Olympics team took him aside and said, That gesture you did yesterday, they want you disqualified and your medal taken away. I couldn't believe it. Take my medal away? If I would show everyone my butt or punch somebody, then I would understand. But this, I must have gotten to them. The Soviet ambassador in Warsaw officially demanded Kozakiewicz be disqualified for life and his medal rescinded for, quote, offending the whole Soviet nation. A disciplinary commission gathered and voted in favor of Kozakiewicz's disqualification. He would lose the gold medal and his world record. The case seemed to have been irreversibly lost. But then, Jose Antonio Samaranch, the future chairman of the International Olympic Committee, ran late into that disciplinary committee meeting and intervened. Somehow they annulled this vote and decided they weren't going to take my medal after all. I heard it was a real knife edge as to whether they were going to take it or not. Outside the sporting world, the incident took on a life of its own. Poland was on the brink of a social and political revolution, with its first major strikes coming in the following months. When Poles saw Kozakiewicz's gesture, they loved how it showed defiance. That arm became a symbol for the whole nation rising up against the Soviet Union. When Kozakiewicz came home, people on the streets wouldn't let him pass, chanting his name, shaking his hand, hugging him, cheering him on, tossing him into the air even. Suddenly he was a hero, someone who had single-handedly stood up against tyranny, had won even, and had spoken for the whole nation. He became a symbol of resistance, so... So for Kozakiewicz, the real trouble was only just getting started. The Polish Light Athletics Association, his employer, was still essentially controlled by the Soviet government. Back in Poland, thanks to that arm, they soon started disqualifying me from different events. They would take my passport away sometimes, make me stay home. They even took my stipend money away. But basically, I was jobless. They still wanted me to train and be in top form, but at the same time, I wasn't allowed to compete and I wasn't getting any money at all. Later on, I was just so sick of it all that I wrote them an official letter saying I was resigning from ever representing Poland at all. In 1985, Kozakiewicz packed his car and drove to Hanover, West Germany, never to return to the People's Republic of Poland again. He competed as a member of the Hanover Sports Club, and then, in 1986, he became a German citizen and started representing Germany. West Germany was officially considered a hostile state to communist-ruled Poland, and Kozakiewicz's emigration was regarded as treason. The home he owned in Poland was taken away, and the Polish communist authorities tried to use their leverage to stop him from taking part in competitions all over the world. His exile ended in 1989, when Poland finally shook off Soviet domination. Kozakiewicz still lives in Germany, but he often visits Poland, where his protest at the 1980 Olympics made him a national hero. Speaking honestly, this gesture really helped me a lot in life. It even showed me that I should move away. I know what I did gave other people a lot of happiness showing that. And I'm proud I showed them. Let them see that you can resist in your own way. 
but it wasn't heroic and I still don't think of myself as a hero. And the obscene gesture Kozakiewicz performed in that Moscow stadium in 1980, the Italian salute, the bra donna, the Iberian slap or the arm, went on to be nicknamed Kozakiewicz's gesture in Poland. And that's the only term people use for it. Stories from the Eastern West is produced by Culture PL and was hosted by Adam Zhuavsky and me, Nitzan Reisner. This episode was made in collaboration with WBUR's Only a Game. It was written, produced and scored by Wojciech Olekszak and edited by Karen Given and me, Adam Zhuavsky. Many thanks to Joachim Tuterski for becoming Władysław Kozykiewicz's English voice. Music in our credits is a song by DJ Spike and Break the Funk. If you want to see notes from this episode, tap the show out in your app or go to sftew.com. We've got lots of interesting extras on there, including a video of Kozakiewicz's winning jump and that gesture. In our feed, you'll also find a bonus episode related to Kozakiewicz's story. It's a look at how sports stars from behind the Iron Curtain were essentially competing for no money. And it's crazy. If you liked our show, we've got a small mission for you. Be our hero and tell just one other person about us. It can be your mum, a taxi driver, or a friend with Eastern European roots. Seriously, we're a niche show, and we believe that your recommendation is our only chance of growing a bit bigger. And make sure to check your feed in two weeks. A new episode will drop November 9th, and it'll be about a celebrity who made his way into big-time politics. Oh, no, 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 no. Not the one you're thinking about. <laughs>